Welcome, world, to yet another episode of Manager Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. Malcolm, what's going on, man? How you feeling this week? Feeling all right. Feeling all right. Feeling all right. You got a little rasp in your voice still. Yeah, well, you know, the cold weather. Indeed, the cold weather messing people up. It just hit like wintertime here in D.C. Uh, today. Uh, but here is Manager Damn Money, where we trade in personal financial advice for entertaining conversations about money. We want to remind folks this airs as a podcast and as a television show. Uh, this is a particular poignant moment for us, Malcolm, because uh, we have some really big upcoming changes, um, some interesting things coming along, some big news coming. Uh, we want to encourage people to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at MYDM1, and for Malcolm, Malcolm on Money. There you'll find the news, and you can also subscribe to our email list. Just go to managerdamnmoney.com. Go to the top right corner, and the top right corner says you can sub subscribe to our list. Um, and you will get the news when it comes out. But this, Malcolm, is going to be our final show of the year of 2017. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I, I hope this lives up to the season finale hype. <laughs> um, I don't have any cliffhangers to offer anybody, I don't think. But Right. Know. None really. Um, it, it, it's been an interesting year. This has been the first full year that we've done a podcast for an entire year. We started yeah. halfway through, I think it was uh, 2016. Um and we've got gotten through a whole year. Do you feel like you've learned anything doing a show um, weekly? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is all information. You know, I, at this point, I have these kind of like financial literacy conversations in my sleep, probably at this right. point. So uh, there isn't anything that's that's super new. True. Uh, the information, the headlines that we keep ripping, right? You know, they 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 tend to be a little bit more jarring the more and more we get through 2017 but that's all entertaining all the time uh, and of course we will return we promise uh just in the same way that shonda rhymes and scandal always comes back around eventually uh we're gonna come back in february or late january but february 2018 um and then again follow us on social media and you can get information on what's happening here at manager damn money and we'll share the news of course as we do on every episode it is time for headlines. Da -da 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 -da. Um, if you in the headline for this show, if you invested one thousand dollars in Netflix ten years ago, here's how much you'd have now. Malcolm, this was something that you sent to me uh, last night. Essentially, uh, this was a December 2017 piece by uh, Sean Carter, who writes at CNBC.com. Not the rapper Sean Carter, but an actual writer named Sean Carter, who writes for CNBC, um, and explained that. Your pockets would be this packed if you had invested $1,000 in Netflix 10 years ago. Um, Sean writes that the financial website How Much took a look at some popular stocks in 2007 to find out how much a $1,000 investment in each would be worth now. It estimates a $1,000 investment in Netflix in 2007 would be worth $51,000 or almost $60,000, or excuse me, all of $52,000 as of October 31st of this year, or more than 50 times as much. Um, some of the other company returns that were listed, Amazon, $1,000 now would be worth $12,000. Apple, $1,000 10 years later would be worth $6,200. Then Starbucks, $1,000 would be worth $4,600. Nike, $1,000 10 years ago would now be worth $3,300. And then in the opposite negative direction, General Electric or GE, $1,000 would be worth $490. So that lost a ton of its value from 10 years ago. But GE is also a really old company. Right. Um, so that kind of makes sense that that might have been a point where they were like really high in terms of uh, their value. Uh, you pulled this story, Malcolm. Why do you think it was interesting? Well, because I think amid, uh, amidst Bitcoin mania <laughs> um, and everybody kind of losing their mind thinking that the way that the markets go is things just keep going up, 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 up forever. I, li I literally <clears throat> had a text thread today going on that was very hot about Bitcoin. Like as I'm watching, I'm interacting with people on Twitter. I keep posting stories trying to stay neutral right. on both sides of it. Right. Um, but as I'm watching people just kind of piling in and piling in and nobody really has any caution whatsoever in their tone. Right. I, I just want to make sure that people understand that that is not natural. Right. Right. Like so we're, we're eight and a half, almost nine years into a bull market cycle in the stock market. Right. So if you just bought, you know, a, a S&P 500 ETF and let it ride, mm -hmm. you're feeling pretty great about your, your investment process. Because right. 
all a high tide raises all boats, Indeed as the does. saying goes. And so I, I just uh, thought it was important to point out to people that it takes time. Right. So we're talking about a 10-year span where $1,000 in Apple, which is, I think, the largest uh, company still based in, uh, the largest company in the world based on uh, revenue. Right. Um, Apple, if you invested in it 10 years ago, $1,000, you would only have $6,220. Right. So, it, And I say only in comparison right. to Bitcoin. Right. Whereas if you invested in Bitcoin last Saturday, you'd have the same $6,220 day <laughs> right. almost, right? right. So it, I just want to make sure that people understand that's not how the market works. That's right. not a realistic expectation. Right. In, however, investing in companies like Amazon, Apple, Starbucks, Nike, whatever, mm -hmm. things that use all day every day and we feel good about and, and we know are going to be around for a while mm -hmm. the returns that you see in those mm -hmm. is far better than leaving your money in a cd or a money market savings account and, right. and that kind of stuff as long as you can stand the rain so to speak right because nothing ever goes straight up in a straight line right not even bitcoin right so <laughs> i just you know i thought it was important that that people understand um what realistic expectations and the companies that that you listed out just now mm -hmm. are actually what we would consider to be like moonshot kind of companies. Right. Companies that they didn't know they were going to be popping until many years later. They right. became the popping thing that they are. So now. the 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 Netflix turning into what is it? Fifty two thousand dollars almost over the course of 10 years. Right. That's a there's one Netflix. Right. There's <laughs> one Facebook. Right. There's one Apple, Amazon, whoever else. Right. And even in those companies, I'm sure I don't have the the uh, graph in front of me, but I'm sure there was a period of 12 to 24 months where folks weren't too sure about that company. Absolutely. So you do still have to have the discipline to stay in these companies, even right. through the, the rough patches, if you will, to get a chance to reap those kind of benefits on the other side. Um, however, if and when Bitcoin starts tumbling, <laughs> I don't know that I necessarily would have the stomach for that kind of volatility. Absolutely. And this is the first time we're actually mentioning Bitcoin, ironically, on this show. We definitely will cover that when we come back um, next year in 2018. It's kind of gotten to the point where we have to do it. Uh, I don't. And you know, even, I've been following it for a while. Like, yeah, I'm fascinated by it. You know, it's interesting uh, that people are like, people around me are talking about it more than I have like gone to research. So I have some things lined up where I'm like, okay, I got to read this. So I have to go and watch this. And then kind of, I, I don't really have a thought process on it yet myself. Um, Dude, there are people buying Bitcoin as part of their retirement plan. Yeah, but that, I mean, I, now, because right now it's hot, like, Every news outlet is doing pieces on Bitcoin. Sure. And it just feels like it's a moment. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. This show is not about Bitcoin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, this show on Manage Your Damn Money, the conversation at hand is getting your mind and money right for a brand new year. Uh, we're going to take a quick music break. When we come back, we're going to review some of the basics, Malcolm, as well as some of the things that people need to be kind of getting their mind tuned up for. For a new year, you know, people do New Year's resolutions. People do things that, you know, I'm going to get my health together. I'm going to start year, running every me. day. New Year, new me. Watch 2018. I'm dropping 2017. And I'm going to be a new person. Uh, but we want to make sure you're new in terms of your approach to your finances. And if you've been listening to this show, you're continuing to improve. Um, so we're going to take a quick music break. Um, here, a piece by Mr. Beats by Beeman. You can listen to his music on Instagram. Just follow him at Beats by Beeman. And if you have a question or concern, or you have a question that you want us to cover here on the show, send it to us, info at managerdamnmoney.com. And of course, so you get the news that's coming down the pike, uh, follow us on our social media, mine, at mydm1. Malcolm? At Malcolm on Money. This is Manager Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. We will be right back.
Welcome back to Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. Today's conversation at hand for our final show of 2017, getting your mind and money right for a brand new year. As we've mentioned, this is our final show of the year, and though we are sad to step away for a moment, we are excited about the upcoming news and investments we are making in the show. And like taking MYDM to the next level, we thought there is no more appropriate time than now to review and discuss the top things you need to be doing to prepare your mind and your money for success in 2018. Malcolm, uh, we're going to kind of get into this. Well, I'm actually save your story for a little bit later. Um, but when it comes to money, there's some real basic tenets when it comes to personal finances, right? Um, one of the first ones that we listed for getting your mind right and your money right for the next year is reviewing your savings habits and making adjustments. One of the greatest defenses against brokenness is a solid <laughs> and regimented savings plan. Whether it's $100 per check or $1,500 a month, the ability to set aside money is one of the most tried and true ways to stave off, as I said, brokenness, which was something that I am very allergic to um, myself. Uh, so, Malcolm, how do you, like, at the very basic level, create, like, a savings plan? Um, well, I, I, as I've told you multiple times, I have everything in its own Excel spreadsheet. Okay. And so like, I'm going to assume anybody watching this show in any, uh, capacity, young, old novice expert right. knows how to open Excel, <laughs> a two by two, a three by two spreadsheet. Uh -huh. So that basically is it. Like I just, you know, build in how much do you reverse engineer it so how right. much would i like to have at the end of the year right it's always easy to start things like this at the beginning of a year mm -hmm. because then you've got a whole 12 months to divide everything by in 24 you know right. pay cycles or 26 pay cycles or right. whatever it is um so you figure it out do i want to have five thousand dollars at the end of the year or ten thousand dollars at the end of the year where am i starting do i already have five thousand dollars saved do i have ten thousand dollars saved um and then also, if you are uh, uh, going to invest any of it, mm -hmm. what is your assumed rate of return that you're anticipating for that year that you're saving into that account and that sort of stuff? Right. Um, and then separately from that, the, the second most important thing after you've actually set the target mm -hmm. is to just automate it. Right. So instead of saying, I'm going to trust myself with transferring $100 a month manually every single month into this checking account or, or investment account or whatever a step beyond just having it automatically transferred for you on your uh online bank login right what i actually would recommend if at all possible if you can get the account number and routing number right have it direct deposited into that account from your paycheck from your paycheck directly um and then that way you've really cut yourself out of the process and right. dummy proofed everything to the point where you can't mess it up. Right. And that means like direct depositing to two different accounts, essentially right, right. one which is your main checking account and the other which is the savings account, which you're not supposed to touch. Right. Um, that's a good one. Any other thoughts on saving? Um, well, also, you know, as life changes uh, and things change, don't be afraid to or, or don't forget to, I should say, increase it. Okay. So as, as you set that savings plan, I say I want to save $5,000 by the end of 2018, know, right. uh, for example, and halfway through the year, I get a raise of $10,000. Mm. Well, that doesn't mean that necessarily I should just say, all right, well, now it's going to be easier for me to get to my savings goal at the end of the year right. that I set back in January. Right. Maybe now you increase it by $1,000 or right. whatever it is, because um, one of the biggest problems, as you know, a lot of people uh, will tell you who, who uh, are in my arena for a living. Americans just don't save enough money. Right. Like just as a you know comparison to a lot of other countries, Americans just don't save money. Right. Um. So you know they're they're the key to it is to just automate everything. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um. Of course, another big tenant of uh you know getting your money in mind right for. 2018, review your expenses and reset your budget. Every month we pay for things without too much thought, happy enough to meet our monthly obligations. But every six months, it's worth your time to sit down and re review every outgoing dollar to scrutinize it and think deeply about whether there are ways to get that dollar back. It's also important to rethink and re-envision re your monthly budget to ensure you're making the most of your earnings. Uh, Malcolm, we had a conversation during the music break uh, about you're doing this here you mentioned your possibility or coming getting rid of your car explain yeah. explain what's going on there so my new year's resolution is to leave my car in 2017 <laughs> <laughs> okay so this is going to happen before the new year then i don't know 
I, I, but I, I'm to the point now. I've been I've been wanting to buy a new car for like the last two years. Probably. Okay. Okay. Um, so that tells you how slow I am to, to sure. move on it. But it's gotten to the point now where I'm just like tired of talking about it. <laughs> um, you know, it's like I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, um, so yeah, I I I, I have uh, scrutinized and plotted long enough, mm-hmm. and I think you know I'm actually gonna have to pull the trigger. But you're not gonna get a new car, you said, or are you? Um, no. So I'll buy a 2016, 2015 uh, model car where the depreciation is already baked into the car. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then it probably still has a little bit of warranty left in it mm-hmm. so that if and when I find something that uh, has gone awry, I can still get it fixed <laughs> on somebody else's dime. Uh-huh. That's kind of the sweet spot to me. Right. And I, I think that's an interesting uh, example of kind of considering what expenses you have ahead. Mm-hmm. You said you had a lot of work to be done on this old car such that it might not even be worth putting money into it. Um, yeah. So I, I, I walked out of the, the shop. Uh, I don't know if it was last. Maybe it's two weeks ago now. Um, and they told me basically it's going to be about $3,000 to repair the damage done to my car from these DC potholes. Okay. And I was like, nah, <laughs> you can go ahead and give me your keys back. Like my, um, like, like my, I'll be moving on. I forgot all about that song, but all right. Um, anyway. But, um, but it was like, you know, I looked at him and I said, do you realize that is a down payment on a new car at that right, point? Literally. You know, like, and so it just, you know. And then, so that's a good example of like changing your expenses. What's another way that people sometimes think like, okay. I don't really need this expense. You yeah, so, so 2017, I've gone through this exercise of getting lean, as okay. uh, uh, business uh, business owners would say, right. um, in the sense that like I'm shedding dead weight of things that I don't need. So I, did, okay. I haven't had cable in almost two years, right. and I don't miss it. Right. So I have a Hulu subscription. Mm-hmm. I have Netflix. Okay. You have the internet. And so I pay $39 or something a month for internet Mm -hmm. and local channels. And then I pay combined between Netflix and Hulu probably like $7. So, you know, really, you know, really, really trimmed it down. Mm -hmm. But I only watch like three shows, you know, and then go to bed. And while the show is playing, I'm like on my laptop reading something or doing something. So it's really not that serious. Like I can't watch shows in real time most of the time, but I don't miss it because I'm watching yesterday's stuff anyway. So, you know, that's a hundred dollars trimmed down to let's call it $45, $50 that I just got rid of $50 worth of waste. Right. Um, also, a lot of times people don't think about it, but like your insurances that you pay. Mm-hmm. So your car insurance, especially like every once in a while, maybe every 12 months, it's not a bad idea just to call them up and ask them why you pay what you pay. <laughs> just kind of put them on the defensive. Like right. let them, and maybe in some cases you're a bad driver, so you deserve to pay as much as you pay or, sure. or you live in a high crime state or whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they'll be on the defensive and afraid that, oh, shoot, now they're paying attention to this and they'll just offer you a discount just out of reflex. Right. So it couldn't hurt to take this time now while everybody's like on Christmas break and you, you know, you got time to yourself um, to worry about your own stuff. You mm-hmm. spend, you know, uh, the, the whole year building somebody else's company and taking care of somebody else's stuff. You know, uh, take this time to uh, make sure that you're on top of your own uh, expenses and kind of find ways to trim the fat, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, the cable example is a really good example. I think, too, you know, how do you know when an expense can be eliminated? I think you have to, you know, that's a, a, a moment of your own having to be clear about what is needed and what you just desire. And you know I, what, though? If you go through your bank statements for like a two or three month cycle uh-huh. and just look audit out again in excel mm-hmm. audit out every single thing that you spend money on that's like a payment that's recurring right you can look at it and tell really quickly where the waste is absolutely like you know again looking at the cable bill or you look at you know maybe you got a cleaning lady or something you could be cleaning up yourself and <laughs> right. saving 50 or 100 i don't even know what a cleaning lady costs but <laughs> maybe that's some place that you could save a few dollars because you really could just Take a couple hours on Saturday and clean up yourself. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Things like that. I know people who uh, have just recently got comfortable with that, who I won't say their name. But anyway, uh, review. Oh, this is the next step. So that was like savings and stuff like that. Uh, the next thing that we have here is review employer-based retirement accounts 
as we age, how we allocate assets inside of employer-based retirement accounts and self-sponsored accounts can have a long-term impact, the level of aggression in your fund selection, the fees attached to one type of fund versus another, and other items have an impact on these accounts. Make sure you review your selections and readjust for the future. And I think, uh, Malcolm, really what this just what this just means is with every like retirement you know, product or retirement account situation, whether it's through work or ones that you have on your own, you pick the funds, you pick the allocation of whether you're being aggressive or less aggressive mm -hmm. or 30% stocks and, you know, 70% bonds and things like that. Um, making sure you're readjusting for the current moment in your life. Sure. Um, so as you get older, I guess you, you maybe you can give us a quick example. As you get older, you should be pulling back on how aggressive you are inside of those retirement accounts, right? Well, in theory, um, the market is going to dictate what your allocation should be right. and, and, you know, uh, the whole traditional model of 70, 30, then mm -hmm. 60, 40, then 50, 40, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, has kind of shifted because the market has changed so much. Like I said, we're almost nine years into uh, a bull market, mm -hmm. which is just, you know, completely unheard of. Right. Like normally, uh, to put it in perspective, a bull market lasts about six years on average. Okay. Um, and so we're like very, very, very. Wait, we're very, waiting very on the crash. Is that it, what we're right? doing? Well, you wouldn't say you're waiting on a crash. It's just an anomaly. Right. That's the, the way to look at it. So if you think about it, if you were a person who took the whole 60-40 notion mm -hmm. and invested that way over that nine-year period. You'd have missed out. You'd have missed out. Right. But at the same time, coming out of 2008 when it hit the fan <laughs> and the market lost almost 40%, you mm -hmm. know, over the course value. of like seven months or something, um, it would have been very tough to convince somebody that, you need to be any more aggressive than right. the 10% that they had in stocks at the time. So uh, I don't think it's necessarily as important to focus in on trying to be perfectly timing, you know, the market inside of your 401k. I say all the time that 401ks are not to be traded. Right. Um, it's for a long-term investment. But the more important thing is to look at your budget and how much you're actually contributing to that 401k plan. Mm -hmm. Not a bad time to look at, okay, next year I'm due to get a 2.5% raise or a 2% raise or a 5% raise or whatever. Um, not a bad time to look at it and say, I'm going to increase my percentage right. allocation by 1%. So Absolutely. I'm going to go from six to seven. Right. And by doing that, I'm going to add an additional thousand dollars or whatever to my uh, 401k plan. That's where you really get into uh, a point of kind of ramping up that that balance at the end of the year absolutely and that was our next one which is max out retirement plans which malcolm already explained the next one after that it's almost tax season consider what your tax solution will be if you fail to plan you plan to fail um and of course that has to do with actually filing like somebody's old uncle. <laughs> well that's what we do here uh we got to make sure that you know what you're going to do in terms of your, of your taxes, especially if you have a more complicated situation. Malcolm, you own a house in North Carolina. Uh, I have some other things that I have to deal with myself personally from a business standpoint. And so it complicates it. So mm -hmm. I need to start. So I always start thinking about taxes in December, even though it's not due until March, April. I'm like, OK, I need to start getting my head around getting geared up to do this and start taking little small steps. Um, and you know, whether that's finding a professional who's going to help you or doing it yourself, make sure you give yourself enough time to uh, do that. Um, we're going to take a quick music break. Um, uh, but when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about the things that will help you get your money and your mind right for a brand new year. This is manager damn money with Ben and Malcolm. We will be right back.
Welcome back to Manage Your Damn Money on our final episode of 2017. Uh, we want to remind folks if you have a question, concern, or you want to send us something that you want us to cover in 2018, send us an email, info at managerdamnmoney.com. Today's conversation at hand, getting your mind and money right for a brand new year when it comes to your money. You know, it's good to prepare at the end of the year for what you're going to do in the new year. Um, we were talking about some different things that you, you can do to kind of recalibrate on your finances. Another one, Malcolm, which you kind of alluded to earlier in the show, uh, review your insurance needs and coverages, even though it's not something we think about all too often. Having different kinds of insurances plays a part in protecting your larger financial investments, be it at home, a car, or life insurance. Having coverage and making sure you're covered to the appropriate levels mean the difference between crisis with no safety net and crisis with a cushion. Uh, Malcolm, broadly, because insurance is this thing that most people first get inter introduced to through a car, mm -hmm. right? You can't really drive a car legally unless you have some kind of insurance coverage. Um, explain what it means to evaluate your insurance needs, you know, between, you know, being a renter or a homeowner, car, and even uh, life insurance. Like, what does all that mean? Um, well, I mean, basically, like you said, your your first introduction to insurance is probably going to be car insurance. Okay. But then as you get older and life gets more complicated, more things happen. And basically, insurance is just the, the practice of shifting the risk of loss from you to somebody else. Right. And somebody else is usually a major entity that has the money and the financial capability to pull a whole bunch of people together who also want to shift the risk off of themselves onto them. So for example, you rent an apartment, uh, the, all of your stuff inside the apartment is worth $10,000 collectively. Right. You don't want to be stuck holding the bag for $10,000 worth of stuff if right. a fire breaks out or it gets flooded or whatever else. Right. Um, and so you shift the risk of that $10,000 worth of stuff that you own mm -hmm. onto an insurance company who says, well, in exchange for us covering this thing that the probability of it happening is extremely Very low, low. Mm -hmm. but we will take on that, you know, that risk, the probability uh, in exchange for $25 a month, $50 a right. month, whatever, some nominal amount that in comparison to the thing that you're insuring is extremely low. Right. But if and when it happens, you're glad that you have it. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, that's basically where it, where it comes in. And then, you know, as you kind of just mentioned, it goes from car insurance to maybe your renters and homeowners to maybe you get married or and or you have children and now you're considering life insurance. Right. And, um, so as things get more complicated, you have more things that you want to protect um, through insurance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, definitely something to consider, especially as millennials continue to age and become real live adults. Uh, different kinds of insurance coverages are something you have to think about. Uh, another area that people need to begin to delve into if they haven't already, um, committing in 2018 to learning something new about investing. The wealthy earn money every day through residual income created through investments. And though your parents may not have left you a trust fund, there's no reason you can't commit to learning something new about the basics of investing. Uh, and I think for me, I always go back to the fact that, which story I've told on the show before, you know, I've invested my first money somewhere between like 17 and 19, I think. I bought like one share of Apple stock for $200. Mm -hmm. And for like an entire year, I would just log into my investing account and just look at it. Yeah, you know, I would read news and try to understand what was going on, you know, watch CNBC sometimes and try to follow along. Um, and that was really my introduction to investing. And then it was just baby steps from there. And I took different steps as I was comfortable. Um, but you really wasn't as exciting as Bitcoin, I'm sure. <laughs> Not nearly <laughs> as exciting. Not the thrill ride Bitcoin has become. Uh, but it was definitely something that got me into it and got me tuned to it. Um, and I learned a lot simply by just doing right. and learning and, and making mistakes here and there with smaller investments that I made. So, so Malcolm, we've kind of covered this before on previous episodes, but it's worth it bears repeating. Um, what are the first steps people should take when it comes to investing and taking their level of investing knowledge to the next level? You know, I'm going to answer the question a little bit differently than I probably have in previous shows, because now we're talking about new year's resolutions ways to new year new me it up absolutely um, and make yourself a better person and i'm all for personal and professional development i'm constantly trying to find different ways to improve on things that i do well right. and cut out things that i don't do well and not waste time on. right um <clears throat> excuse me so i, I think it, it it isn't a bad idea to find yourself maybe a webinar 
or some sort of online class right. that deals with the beginning stages of investing. Okay. And there's millions of them out there, right? Right. Um, so instead of necessarily trying to find a book that can tell you all there is to because nobody can tell you all there is to know about anything in one book right that's why you know textbooks you, you know, <laughs> they're 300 dollars and you got about 30 of them over the course of a college education right right um but so I, I i would say it's not a bad idea to find online some sort of course that's already been done right on the basics of getting into investing something interactive or maybe a workshop on a weekend like a saturday right uh workshop that takes you through the course of investing right. things like that that are offered all the, all around us mm -hmm. that we probably don't even really pay much attention to absolutely um but if you seriously sincerely want to learn more about uh the world of investing get more comfortable with the world of investing because you think slash know uh, that it's going to be beneficial to you down the road. Right. That's a way to kind of invest in yourself. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, taking the pay yourself first concept a step further, um, not necessarily directly in your pockets, mm -hmm. but this time investing in your uh, your knowledge base, your skill set, which then increases your uh, dollars and cents down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want to remind people you're listening and watching Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. Uh, today's conversation at hand, getting your money and your mind right for a brand new year. Uh, Malcolm, another one. Uh, and this kind of talk, this is actually pointing back to the point that I made earlier, but prepare to make a self-directed or even professionally advised investment. We all have to start somewhere, save $300 over the next few months and resolve to buy yourself your first stocks or self some other kind of self-directed investment, whether it's a certificate of deposit, a stock, as I mentioned, an ETF. These are excellent things to dip your toe in to the investing world. Bitcoin, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people are suggesting that as something you could do. Uh, but I, I'm, for the record, I'm not suggesting yeah, that. We're, yeah, ne neither of us on this show are suggesting that. That's just a hollabaloo. What's the word? <laughs> Hollabaloo. Holly Hollabaloo. I, I don't own Bitcoin personally. Yeah, I don't either. And it's driving me crazy that so many people are like, <laughs> flocking. You know, it. you don't own stock in any publicly traded company that's been around longer than you and me put together. Right. But you own this thing that's been around for less than 10 years and you can't even tell me why its value is what it is. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway, not to get off on that. Uh, but to, so, to the point you were making though, where you mm -hmm. were going about getting started investing. Absolutely. Um, you don't even necessarily have to take the route that you just laid out where you save up a couple hundred dollars and you buy one share of one company that's worth the amount that you saved. Right. So like, for example, Facebook is probably somewhere around just shy of $200 right now. Okay. Right. So I could do like you did, save up $200, buy one share of Facebook right. and then watch it grow over the course of right. you know the next year, two years, 10 years, whatever. Uh -huh. Or I could take that same $200, find five companies that trade for a uh, right, two dollars and fifty cents. This is called what value investing. Is yeah, that? Th this is probably considered deep value investing. <laughs> if I'm talking about companies that cost two, two, right, three dollars a share. Yeah. Um, but there are some very good companies that fall into the bargain bin quite a few times, and I find myself digging through the bargain bin and saying, all right, wait, well, look, Weight Watchers was in the bargain bin a little while and ago. And then Oprah showed up, put her <laughs> thumb on the scale, and Weight Watchers is like blowing it out of the water. So that, that actually is a perfect example of what I mean, mm -hmm. where you don't necessarily look at the company and go, oh my God, everybody's talking about this on CNBC every single day. I right. need to get me some of that. Right. You take two seconds, take a step back and go, these are things that uh, I see around me all day, every day. They don't get the same amount of love, but there is this thing behind it that could possibly bring it back right. uh, to becoming kind of like a household name. And oh, by the way, if you're buying a stock that costs two, three, four, five dollars a share, right. you don't need a whole heck of a lot of movement in that mm -hmm. company for it to really start to show you a return. Right. Whereas Facebook, if I bought one share at two hundred dollars, right. I would need it to move significantly before I really saw any uh, kind of benefit. Uh, benefit uh, to it unless I owned a significant amount of shares. Right. So that that's just, you know, the way I would approach getting started. Find maybe three companies that have fallen into the bargain bin uh, and see if I think there's a reason why maybe one day they'll have a resurgence. Right. Buy them, hold on to them, see what happens. And, you know, right. if a year or two years goes by and nothing really changes with them, then, you know, move on to the next one. But um, I think that's way more... Uh, 
exciting right. than buying one share of a company that has already kind of squeezed most of the juice out, if you will. Absolutely. And that's actually something I learned in having made that first investment in Apple. It was like, I need a whole lot of money to make money off of this stock. Um, so that's a good point. Uh, value investing or whatever the actual term is. Buying stocks that are priced low but have the potential to go high. It's called opportunistic investing. Opportunistic investing. There's the word I was looking for. Excellent. Uh, we're talking about getting your mind and money right for a brand new year here on MYDM with Ben and Malcolm. Uh, we're going to get ready to take a music break in a moment. Uh, but we got a couple more. Uh, taking your income to the next level through entrepreneurial efforts. No, we're not talking about filing for a C corporation and raising half a million dollars in opening rounds of investor dollars, but taking your skills, talents, and interests and doubling them through exploration and implementation of simple business tenants might be well worth your time. Uh, Malcolm, what are some small to medium-sized entrepreneurial efforts that you've seen work for friends or associates this year? You know, I I I, re, I learned something in 2017 okay. that I will share with our audience that I think will be beneficial that answers that question in a roundabout way. Right. I learned that the things that we as professionals take for granted in our skill set, mm -hmm. other people are willing to pay for. Absolutely. So where you do a thing or a couple of things that you think is not a huge deal because you do this all day, every day, and right. you've gotten really good at it. and the circle that you travel in is probably filled with people who do the same thing that you do. Right. And so you see it as kind of just the everyday run of the mill kind of thing. Right. Whereas there's still people out there who would be willing to pay for that skill uh, should you do a little bit of research, do a little bit of uh, market testing and realize folks are out there really, you know, actually cutting checks. Absolutely. For example, if you are a person who does graphic design mm -hmm. or uh, builds web pages, mm -hmm. that's something you may have learned how to do when you were six. Right. And so because that's your whole life and the community that you travel in is also web designers and, and graphic artists and that kind of thing to you is probably not that big of a deal. Right. But there are people out there who just as kind of side hustle income right. are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I know because I have a couple of them as friends mm -hmm. where outside of their Man. nine to five income, mm -hmm. they are just building and or maintenancing people's websites okay. and getting paid generously for it. Um, so I think just figuring out what the thing is that you do really well, right. um, and it can be a thing that you do really well that you don't think is a big deal, just market test it. Ask other people around you in your orbit who uh, know you and know your skill set if the thing that you, th you do that you're on the fence about is something they think other people would be willing to pay for. Don't ask your hater friends. Would, uh, <laughs> Don't ask would, people like me. They wouldn't know a good idea if it hit them in the face. But right. ask, you know, your friends that would be objective and kind of tell right. you what uh, what it looks like. Because, you know, I, I personally feel like uh, as a millennial, technically uh, in, in name and age only, mm -hmm. the only way that folks are going to get to retire at that like. Uh, the, the rule of thumb age of right, you know, 66 right. that's kind of been given to you because that's the model our parents have as, as far as you know regular retirement age. Right. The only way our generation is going to get to that same thing right. is to have some level of side hustle income that allows you to put cash to the side right. for the next you know 30 to 35 years of a career. There it is. Otherwise, there. you're going to be 80 years old telling somebody <laughs> welcome to Walmart. Um, so just, you know. <laughs> That's funny. You always picking on Walmart. Uh, well, uh, I have actually another good example. Uh, this was like last night. The wife and I were looking at Etsy mm -hmm. and there was like, we were looking at holiday cards for whatever reason. And there are people who are on Etsy who sell for 20, 15 to $20 a pop downloadable holiday cards that you can download and then send or print however you want to do um, and that's just residual income that comes through they design the thing they put it up on etsy and then whoever finds it or buys it uh you know they pay for it it's 15 dollars. it's not a big deal spend that at chipotle right and uh you go on about your business and you have an extra 17 dollars in your account that you didn't really do too much extra work for um, so I think your point is 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 well taken. You have to find the thing that you're good at that you can do. Um, and then what's the value, Malcolm, of having those side income? You kind of alluded to it being something that helps you put more away than you normally would. Uh, what are some other values of that kind of thing? Well, also, if you're reliant on a company that you work for, right. for your income, mm -hmm. if that company all of a sudden tomorrow doesn't exist, right. you're up the creek. Right. 
Um, but if you do have side hustle income that's coming in, you've been kind of padding the savings a little bit through mm-hmm. that side hustle thing, right. or maybe those side hustle things, plural, right. um, you've got some a cushion to land on. Of some kind. Um, or also you've got that income that maybe losing that job forces you to double down on it, and all right. of a sudden you realize, hmm, I can make a business out of this. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's very helpful at all times to not have all of your income coming from one place. Um, because of the danger that comes from what happens when that spigot gets turned off, so to speak. Right, absolutely. And uh, it's great, always great potential for that to happen, no matter what the situation is. Uh, we want to remind folks, you are watching and listening to Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. We're talking about what to do to get your mind and money right in 2018. Uh, we're going to take a quick music break. But when we come back, we're actually going to hit some of the steps to entrepreneurial exploration uh, 2018 being that we're reflecting on the year past and what we want to do in the future. Uh, We're going to take a look at what you can do to actually think about how you can get some of the side income if you haven't already. Uh, This is Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. We will be right back. Welcome back to Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. As a reminder, this, of course, is our final episode of 2017. Uh, but make sure you're tuned in to our social media handles on Twitter and Instagram at MYDM1 and for Malcolm at Malcolm on Money, where we'll share big news in the coming weeks. Uh, but uh, we're talking about how to get your mind and money right for 2018 as a new year. We're all reflecting, or new year coming, we're all reflecting on what's next in our lives and how we can get our money straight and do better with the money that we're earning. Uh, We were talking about one of the things that you can do to do that is taking steps to figure out what you can do on the side in an entrepreneurial fashion to make some extra money to kind of pad some savings and things like that. Um, You mentioned Malcolm earlier, asking yourself, what are you good at? What do you spend your free time on? That's like a big thing that, you know, people just kind of, as you said, take for granted. Um, and they don't always realize that that's the thing I could be doing for some extra money on the side. Um, the next thing that you have to do is you have to ask the question is how can you monetize that even with the smallest of steps? So whether it's you like you use websites and managing websites as an example, mm-hmm. you know, who, who who's in your orbit? Like if you go to church and the church has a website or needs a website, oh, you might have just found your first client. Can you build them a website, you know, quickly and cheaply? and then save some money or, and save the, the money from that actual engagement. Um, or and then, because it's a church, you might have to do one for free <laughs> and, uh, and right. expect to get paid on the next one. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, the third thing, ask yourself the question, how have friends, family, or associates monetized their talents or interests? We always bag on Instagram and you know the fact that we're old and we're not necessarily you know keyed into instagram the way others are that's you Um, man i love social media (laughs) (laughs) right but um the 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 reality is that there's a lot of people who have found different ways to do different things on social media that work or at least work to some degree we don't necessarily know how much money's flowing into people's pockets um but they're certainly getting themselves opportunities to do other things uh you know and if you study what other people are doing that might be a way to like figure out oh i can make money off my thing that i do this way i guess 
<laughs> and then of course uh don't be afraid to try things mess up or decide you don't like doing the thing you thought you were going to do absolutely that's a big one malcolm because you know sometimes people think they might like doing something or they have an idea they want to like flesh out it's okay don't be afraid to like i think sometimes people are a little concerned that they'll quote unquote publicly fail um and then frank frankly i think that people don't really have a memory of what people do in that way for that long well you know what that's part of the reason that i like reading the life stories of successful people so much okay or or even watching documentaries on successful people um and figuring out all of the things that went wrong first right because i guarantee you for every person that you look at who has plenty of success right. oprah for example you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. oprah's got you know years upon years upon years of just stuff right. that happened to her right. before she got anywhere near the trajectory that landed her to where she is now right but you don't necessarily get to see that kind of stuff in the uh social media era sure no you know yeah, the instagram effect i like to call it so it, it's important that you do focus on the fact that like everybody has every successful person you see didn't get there by themselves right and they have had things happen to them that set them back right and as long as you can keep those things in perspective and not be afraid to pivot to your point if right. it doesn't go right then you know so what like you got to take your shots in life Absolutely. um you know but aside from that I, I would say you've got to write that thing down right like whatever that thing is that you're going to set out to do and 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 you know you think is going to improve your your life i was talking about personal and professional development you have to write those goals down right i'm still like halfway through writing my goals for 2018 because like frankly i just don't want to I don't want to write it down and say it out loud because like <laughs> you're accountable for a it. living, breathing right. organism. Uh -huh. um, and the last person I want to have to be accountable to is myself. Right. Like I, I, I am very hard uh, on myself when I don't do something that I told myself I was going to do. <laughs> so you got to write it down because it'll right. hold you accountable and then also assign a date to it because right. then it'll really uh, give you a target so and that's something that uh, successful people always say you got to write it down make it plain make it clear and then you know it's coming uh, one of the other things to uh, steps to entrepreneurial exploration consider other alternatives that don't involve building something from the ground up you don't have to like start your own consulting firm you could yeah. drive for uber lyft um, you could do affiliate sales programs that are out there that let you make money off of percentages of what you sell on a particular product just don't call me with any pyramid schemes <laughs> yeah I man. don't have time <laughs> Uh, but those are all ways to make uh, residual income. And there are people who I know who are making residual income from all those different things. Uh, and then finally, and this is one that people overlook. Uh, be an entrepreneur at your full-time job. Are you leaving money on the table at work by not positioning yourself for growth and opportunity? Are you having quarterly conversations with managers to understand where and when the next steps are for your career? These steps are key to positioning yourself for growth, added responsibility, and eventually a raise or promotion. Don't underestimate the power of being, I guess, what's called an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. uh, you can learn more about this in our conversation with uh, Deborah T. Owens of the Corporate Alley Cat. Uh, just scroll down until you see that conversation is really insightful about how you can make it through the ranks as a millennial in the corporate world. Uh, but that's a really big one, Malcolm, that I think gets overlooked. Like, yeah, I figure, love that one. That's a big one. Like, how can you make money at the place that you spend the most time at and make more money or position yourself to make more money six months, a year from the moment that you're in at the moment? I'm going to add one more to that. Okay. We touched on it before, but I'm going to do it differently. If you work for an employer that offers a match in your 401k plan uh -huh. and you are not currently contributing enough to get the maximum amount that that company is willing to match, right. there's a very simple way to give yourself a pay raise. Okay. So if you're, you're, you know, company is offering to match the first 5% of your income that you put in there right. and you're only contributing to, mm -hmm. As soon as you increase that number to five, right. you have given yourself effectively a 3% pay raise <laughs> um, because that's money that, that you're leaving on the table right. any other time that you don't. So right absolutely um and that completes um our list of entrepreneurial exploration as well as things you can do to get your mind and money right for 2018 malcolm this is of course uh, once again our final show of 2017 uh any final words of wisdom or reflections for the people mm, 
I don't know, man. I feel like I've given it all. I left it all on the field. (laughs) This season has been a long season, and I left it all on the field. Let's do that. Let's speak in cliches for a moment. Um, (laughs) You know, I want to thank my teammate, Malcolm, and Beats by Beeman. Uh, You know, you guys have been great teammates. You've really supported the work that we've done here. Uh, you know, we, we we think we, as you said, Malcolm, left it all out on the field. And uh, we're looking forward to next season. We think next season is going to be a good uh, situation where we're going to train hard and get in the gym and do the things that we got to get coached up. Uh, but anyway, all right, enough of that. Uh, it's been it's been fun. Uh, it feels this feels somber, even though it's not like we're coming back for sure. Uh, but we just want to thank everyone who's listened to yes, the show, absolutely. who's watched the show, who's seen it uh, across the couple of uh, stations here in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, and all those who have listened, over 60,000 downloads over the last year and a year and a half. Um, so thank you to uh, listeners of Manage Your Damn Money. We wouldn't be able to do this and have a reason to continue to do this without your listening and sharing and uh you know for those who hit us on twitter and send us emails thank you uh we actually got our first uh music submission not too long ago so thank you to the person who submitted that uh we're we're, we're growing and we're moving malcolm yeah yeah and and (laughs) you know whatever uh ideas you have for next season that you would like to see come to fruition on this show email them in info at manager damn money let us know uh questions comments concerns kudos words of advice uh words of praise don't bother sending in your uh complaints because i'm just going to mark it as spam (laughs) um but you know the good ones we'll take absolutely absolutely uh so we want to of course thank you all the listeners again for uh spending some time with us here on manager damn money again stay tuned on our social media accounts at mydm1 at Malcolm on Money. And there you'll get more information about what's coming. Uh, also subscribe to our email list. Um, just go to managerdamnmoney.com and you can find that at the top to the right of the website if you're on a desktop. Uh, Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm signing off. And until 2018, be good with your money. Peace. Peace. Peace.